Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to episode 50. We've made it 50 episodes. Starcrossed, part one. The big 5-0. In this finale arc, Hawkman and the Thanagarian Armada rescue Earth from a Gordanian attack ship. There's a lot of proper nouns in this one, guys. <laughs> and offer their aid against the invader threat. Green Lantern is heartbroken, both about Hawkgirl spying and that she's apparently engaged to Hawkman. Superman convinces the military to help construct a giant machine to help against the invaders. Meanwhile, Batman does some snooping and discovers that the Gordanians are nowhere near Earth, prompting Hawkgirl and the other Thanagarians to capture the rest of the Justice League. This is a soap opera. This is a soap opera. This is a... Uh, I mean, mostly it's a soap opera. It's also Independence Day at times. It's <laughs> yeah. also... It's also Star Wars at one point. Like, there's a mm -hmm. lot of, like, little set pieces in this that I'm just like, oh, I know exactly what this is trying to evoke. Yeah. But, yeah, most of it is a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're coming hot and heavy with the drama on this, like, finale arc. And, you know, I, I was reading that they didn't know if there would be anything after this. So they just threw everything at the wall on this one. And yeah, given that, I think it works better than other episodes where they've thrown everything at the wall. <laughs> I don't think that. I do think that it's a fine finale, but it's not as good of a finale as the first season had. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. I just think that the whole fighting Nazis and Vandal Savage is a bit more... I got more out of it than for this one, and I don't know whether the stakes were a mishmash or whether it was the soap opera-ing, but it is still very... It's a good finale. This is a good arc for a finale. It rounds out the Hawkgirl story. Um... Yeah, and we should just get into it. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that they like they bookended the series with alien invasions, which uh, three-part alien oh. invasions at that, which I thought was kind of weird. Is true. Yeah. Is true. <laughs> and the season one finale had uh, Nazis, which are basically the aliens from within. <laughs> no? No, no you're right. You're right. I've just never <laughs> heard of them that way. <laughs> um, all right. Let, let's get into this. Yeah, what happens? Well, we start off with Hawkgirl and Green Lantern being a cute couple. Mm. We see she's still a little resistant to his flirtation, but she's she's lightening up, and we're going to get a lot of context for exactly what's going on behind that mask and why she's been so blunt and hands-off for most of the series and why yeah. it's taken her so long to defrost. Mm -hmm. We get uh, some more but, of that Green Lantern excitability, though, like from the last... Uh, episode comfort and joy where he's playful and fun and uh that was nice to see again yeah he switches modes faster than Hawkgirl does because yeah. like i mean we're, we're gonna find out that she's been a spy for five years and that colors her right. you know that that colors how much of herself she could put out there mm -hmm. you know it, it, since she was constantly lying to them even john stewart it was difficult for her to showcase that kind of raw emotion without caveats yeah but john stewart doesn't have any of that right he he was very like okay we're military and this girl pisses me off wait <laughs> that means wait i remember elementary school yeah the fact that she's pissing me off means i'm in love with her 
okay, that then I'm going to shift into this other paradigm. I right. can wear many hats in the military. We're no longer, you know, <laughs> we're no longer uh, uh, soldiers in a war. We're now romantic. I, I think he can just switch modes quicker. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't have that other baggage holding over his head. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure that the commander that is uh, talking about the Gordanian cruiser in this next scene, I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I heard that voice yeah. and knew it instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I always I always appreciate when we see both him and also any kind of military involvement in Justice mm-hmm. League. You know, get us kind of the eyes on the ground. Like, yeah. What does the common man, what do the governments think of all this bullshit going on? That's right. always nice. And it's fascinating to me that uh, KMR was doing stuff back then. I know that he did like he did some on camera show in the mid nineties, like some sort oh, really? of black Star Trek thing that uh, I I've black only Star heard Trek about. Sounds sounds difficult to manage. <laughs> I don't know that it's specifically Star Trek, but you know, black dudes in space. Oh, it would be so funny if uh, the one black girl, uh, like the person off the comms, like if. If in Black Star Trek, it was just that just that was the only white person. Right. That would be yeah, that so would be funny incredible, to me. Actually. Like that was the diversity outreach. Right. If that wasn't the case, don't steal our idea. We're, we're going to green light this thing. Patent pending. <laughs> uh, so or, a Gordanian cruiser just starts rocketing toward the White House. We haven't seen this thing before. Mm. The Justice League is pretty bad at trying to stop it. Right. It basically powders their bottoms and just waltzes in uh, and is shot down by the Thanagarian Armada, which is a big coincidence. (laughs) Thank goodness they were there at the exact right moment. Yeah. Nothing suspicious. Nothing suspicious about that. I I do like that, um, you know, we have Superman Clark Kenting at the beginning of this. Yes. You know, like the UN is talking about something or other, and as soon as the Gordanian... Uh, ship arrives he does the classic clark kent pulling apart his shirt to reveal the superman logo while walking toward the camera i know that got you gary oh yeah of course it did that's classic (laughs) that's classic stuff like they do a lot of little flourishes in this and i think that they juiced the animation budget a little as well i thought the same thing this is a good looking app it is it is for sure and there is one of those little uh detail flourishes that is my episode highlight that Ooh. i don't think you're going to get but we'll see i i probably didn't because I, <laughs> I had a hard time with episode highlights this arc yeah that's fair but uh we get you know the i don't know what it, what is the classic aliens descending on that like sloped escalator thing down to the ground sort of shot is that from et or what what is that from? You know what I'm talking about, right? I, absolutely. I'm trying to think of X Files. Uh, it's it's something. Yeah, probably even back to like some sort of Plan Nine from outer space. You guys of. have seen this, yeah, probably before in media that uh, that little walkway that aliens descend, like it, the classic Rick and Morty. They like it when you do the slow extend uh, <laughs> down the uh, alien walkway to the planet, and a uh, Hawkman comes down, and. In this series, we're not familiar with Hawk people. Like, Hawk Girl could have been the only one of her kind. She hasn't talked a lot about Thanagar. Right. So, um, and I think I told you last episode that this was going to have a Hawkman. You did. Uh, are you familiar with a Hawkman at all? Uh, no. I mean, I assumed if there was a Hawk Girl, there had to be a Hawkman, just because, you know, I took... There's a whole 
hawk repertoire. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like the Bat Family. You know, <laughs> it, it, the, the place is lo- – DC is lousy with hawks. Right. With hawk Ex- people. Except that all of them except for Hawk Girl are Damians with their bad attitude. <laughs> oh, my God. They're all such Damians. <laughs> except for Hawkman, who is more like an Aquaman. That's true. <laughs> he's he's very Aquaman. He's like yeah. a slightly more violent Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, but I actually have him as my character highlight. We have Hawkman. I figured he would be one of these episodes. Hawkman uh, is the name of several fictional superheroes appearing in DC Comics. Created by writer Gardner Fox and artist Dennis Neville, the original Hawkman first appeared in Flash Comics number one in 1940. And this is a character that's always characterized by the same Hawk getup which is large, apparently artificial wings. I didn't like that. Mm. I kind of wish they just were biological. These are bi- these are artificial wings that are attached to a harness made from nth metal. Now, Gary, how much do you know about nth metal? Nothing. It's bullshit is okay. what it is. <laughs> it just gives you power over gravity and maybe magic. Like, ah. they do this so much in, in comic book and just fantasy in general is like, we want some magic power that is techno flavored. Right. <laughs> Let's give it a different element than one that exists. So they did it with kryptonite. They do it with nth metal. It's even in Marvel with uh, vibranium, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Just this mythical metal that allows archaic civilization. It's actually Hawk Hawk Planet. Thanagar is all, it's basically Wakanda. <laughs> they, you, you know they have they, they it's apparently just just the sourced so much there's so much nth metal there mm-hmm. that they make all of their technological advances out of it okay. which allows them to get away with energy maces for god's sakes yeah uh, but the hawkman that we see here is ro talak which is an anagram of the comic book version qatar hall oh um, and his he's actually called carter hall in the comics in some situations sometimes he's from Thanagar sometimes he sometimes he's reincarnate reincarnated in an Egyptian site I don't think that the DC writers particularly cared to give him like a consistent like there were multiple versions and then post-crisis they all kind of got wormed into the same Hawkman but even mm. then it wasn't enough and they spun off into different Hawk people in a miniseries called Hawk World by Timothy Truman where he's a young police officer in Thanagar, rebels against them, gets put into an outfit with partner Shaira Hall, which is Hawk Girl here, uh, and is then sent on a mission to Earth as the third Hawkman. So th- there's elements of this storyline that are consistent with comic book stuff. Right. But you have to ignore an awful lot about Hawkman's weird history in order to make it all fit. Yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of a little loved DC character. He like gets used sometimes, but it's not often. Right. He actually hasn't been in any cinematic properties yet, but he is uh, scheduled to debut in the 2022 Black Adam film. Mm. He's had a number of different abilities over the years that are independent of the nth. Most of it's the nth mental bullshit. But uh, Silver Age Hawkman had senses enhanced senses that are comparable to a hawk which i kind of like sometimes he can converse with birds which is dumb (laughs) gold age hawkman 
was granted the ability to breathe underwater by the sea god Poseidon, which which feels like a okay. So it feels like a transitive property loophole that DC tried. To, like okay, Aquaman can talk to fish. You can talk to birds. Well, I I, I feel like there's got to be some connective tissue here. Let's make him also powered by Poseidon. <laughs> Just it's very silly. Mm. Uh, and yeah, the, uh, the last thing I have about him is just like generic Thanagarian lore, which is that Thanagar has a stronger gravity, which means that he's stronger than the average human and also is resistant to mind control like all Thanagarians. And I don't know where that comes from and it doesn't get explained. So I don't really have anything for this guy other than generic Thanagar knowledge. He just seems like the Thanagarian that comics cares about. It doesn't seem like he's the the king of Thanagar or or anything like it just seems like he's a dude who has military command in this instance. Yeah. You know, based on what I got from this episode, I don't care to know more. Uh and uh, to be perfectly honest, I found him pretty disinteresting and I've seen toys of him throughout the years, so like I was aware of his character design and stuff. And he's just never really appealed to me on any sort of level. But that said, neither did Hawkgirl, like based on the toys I'd seen. And this, oh, sure. this series completely turned my opinion on her around. So, I mean, it could happen, but I don't think I'm going to seek out Hawkworld anytime soon. No, Hawkworld sounds like one of those extraneous spinoff things that is just uh, not really beloved by the fan base. Right. And that's that's a fine place for it to exist for me. I don't think that he gets much here other than jealous uh, fiancé. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. not a lot of character to him. I, potentially, if he was treated in more of an Aquaman capacity and got multiple arcs wherein we saw him being a loyal patriot or what have you. Right. That could soften up somewhat. And he gets, a, like, a little bit of texture in the finale, in, like, the final parts of this episode. But I, I agree that he's a pretty shallow character. Mm-hmm. for the arc like he's he's positioned as quote-unquote the villain even though the, the arc doesn't really have any villain it's just like competing interests right kind of i don't know i don't hate him as a villain because he's at least textured and they have that soap opera stuff that gets me through it but mm-hmm. as a person i don't find him very interesting yeah the the villain in this arc is macho bullshit essentially macho bullshit is on full fucking display here. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and that starts on that starts up not too long from now. You mentioned you'd seen his design and was not that into it. How are you not into Hawkgirl if Hawkgirl was He Man? Because <laughs> that's that's basically his design is just Hawkgirl's outfit, but a body like He Man's with those um, those cross straps that He Man has. I guess when you put it here. that way, I stand corrected, but. The- <laughs> I don't know. To me, it just seemed silly, like uh, outsider's perspective. Very silly design. I mean, kind of yeah. cool looking, but also He-Man looks kind of silly by design. So you you have to accept the the world that you're given in which yeah. He-Man is cool, and then you can see him <laughs> as cool if you're willing to follow them down that rabbit hole of this macho man, this Swedish bull cutted, you know, uh, barbarian with Uggs is right. is is all we want in life. Like if, if you're willing to follow them down that He-Man rabbit hole, you can get to see him as cool, but it's, it's hard to do on a first glance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, besides I've always been more of a Skeletor kind of gal anyways. I, Skeletor is just He-Man with a skull on top. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's funnier. Nah. <laughs> you boob. Oh my God. He's such a good villain. He's so <laughs> impotent. Right. 
the, the one thing that I do like about Hawkman in this arc is I, I didn't look who it was voiced by, but do I detect a Latin accent? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and I, I was I was also reading this. I, I stumbled across this note that they cast Maria Canals Barrera originally as Hawkgirl because they wanted her to have a slightly different accent than the rest of the team uh, because she was such a mystery yeah. and intended to be throughout the series. Vaguely so, Latin would do it, yeah. Vaguely Latin, yeah. But that's not a good that's not a good spy thing. No. A good spy thing is to learn the language before you try to plan yourself. It's true, yeah. So it's justified in lore. Um, but it's yeah, also I mean, maybe them... why you picked up soap opera vibes from this. <laughs> it could very well be. The same. But I think the majority of the Hawk people had some sort of accent to them. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I, that, that's why I brought it up because it seems like everyone except a Hawk, except Hawk girl has a slight Latin bent to their speech. Yeah. Which, he... is, which is pretty cool. I looked him up, and I have no idea who the guy is. He's not a voice guy. He's more of a, I'm Weird. guessing, on-camera actor. So That's interesting, because I thought he gave a pretty damn good read here. Like, I don't care for the character much, but I feel like he got across what he was intended to get across. Same. Which is, which is toxic m- masculine bullshit. Right. <laughs> Macho bullshit, as you had stated. Um, I do also like that when he arrives and Hawkgirl is talking to him, she's less stern than him. Like, right. he's stern in the way that Hawkgirl used to be, and she's trying to, like, joke a little bit or trying to, like, you know, do a little bit of, like, happier greetings, and he's all military. This is the mission. This is what we're doing. Right. So I think having them side by side in that opening shot is revealing about how much she's changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then we get the debrief. Hawkgirl as a spy. Yeah. I wrote, say it ain't so. Because that's what I was feeling. So, do you actually wish that that wasn't so? Or was this just like a, oh, my character that I wanted to root for was kind of a shit. Oh, definitely uh, more of column B than column A. But also, you know, I was was genuinely like, what have I spent the past year, you know, getting an attachment to this character only to find out that she's a shitbag. Yeah, and and it's a little more complex than that. Yeah, it is. But but I I thought it actually worked pretty well for the mystery that had been set up. Yeah, totally. Because th- this was the long running mystery. What the fuck is going on with Hawkgirl? Like, where did she come from? What does Thanagar mean? How is Cthulhu involved? Right. Like, there were all these <laughs> all these fucking <laughs> questions, right? That we were waiting to have answered and. This was, I think, one of the more elegant ways they could have answered it. Mm-hmm. Did I miss the part where they explained Cthulhu? No, it does not get remarked. That was done. That's a, that's a bottle episode. We okay. already explained that that does that. We can't I talk just, about. Don't talk about Cthulhu. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't missed something in this episode. Won't be none. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's atrocious. But I I don't mind the explanation. Yeah. Given that the spy thing was the big reveal i my memory is not perfect but i feel as though they could have foreshadowed that a bit better in the in the run-up of justice league until now Mm -hmm. like it it felt more as though she didn't know where she came from that came through a little bit more um genuinely than i guess i would have i would have liked there to be some mystery about like is she 
telling the truth or or something to that effect but mm-hmm. maybe that's just how good of a sp- maybe i can't remember how to get back to thanagar or how i came here maybe like alien amnesiac is good enough for <laughs> the people of earth to accept her i don't know maybe it, maybe it is a good it worked on me uh, but, it worked but, it worked on us but maybe she's an actress first and a spy second we'll never know what her true job was she's uh she she's a she's a party girl first a lover second and a spy also second is how (laughs) i understand her okay uh so the hawk people and the gordanians have beef we don't Mm -hmm. know what the beef is it results in war uh they have like one of those cool flashback things when they have to talk about these are the conflicts of which you are not aware human yeah um I, i i liked the endless battlefield kind of scenes it uh it did harken back to that first arc where we're showing the war for martian kind Mm -hmm. they do this well yeah this is a good uh this is something that is well in their toolbox uh and they basically say yeah they're coming here and you need to accept our help to force them out by building a giant machine for us Mm -hmm. which Really, in the moment, because I'm expecting a twist of some kind, felt like one of those protection rackets that they sometimes have people. Like, it would be a shame if anyone came in and roughed up this place. Right. Kind kind of vibes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's that gets resolved later on. Uh, at the moment, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman try to convince the U.S. military to accept their help. Mm-hmm. And then G- GL and Hawkgirl have a moment. Yeah. Uh, one of many in this arc. Indeed. Yeah, so um, they're kind of having it out a little bit, but also, like, GL is very petulant. Like, what else haven't you told me? Like, I, I don't even know you anymore kind of kind of stuff, which is very soap opera. Yeah. Did you did you feel like he was in the right? Did you feel like he was being too petulant? I understood his, his uh, stance, but I also thought that he was being a little, yeah, aggressive in his response. I, I agree he was a, a bit he's a bit passive aggressive like you know like we got nothing to talk about kind of you know I don't I don't wanna right is <laughs> really the the feelings but I I also love how this pits his morals against his emotions yeah because he he loves Hawkgirl but he is a core man mm-hmm. through and through he and she even says like you're a soldier you should know how it works man like there's <laughs> we don't let feelings get in the way of duty right um and i i also love that hawk girl doesn't really apologize for that ever she apologizes for other stuff but she doesn't really apologize for being a spy for five years (laughs) which is which is very hawk girl yeah (laughs) it's like no it was a military thing honey you you should know this this is how we work i'm sorry i spilled that soda on your power ring but i'm not sorry for being a spy for five years Seriously. <laughs> uh, and then Hawkman comes in and kisses her. Do you, I, I, I get the feeling like Hawkman already knows oh, yeah. that they had <laughs> romance between them. Mm-hmm. Like already knows that Hawkgirl and GL are a thing. He can read her that well, I guess. I think uh, I think that she told him in the briefings <laughs> to oh. some degree. Like this is a weakness I can exploit. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Because he says that line, I thought he'd be taller, oh, which yeah. is like kind of the start of the macho yep. get away from my girl kind of bullshit oh, yeah. from him. 
So yeah, that leads me to believe that he already knows, which puts a little extra spice in the in this uh, this this very I want to crush your hand handshake that they have. Right. But he's he's salty. The rest of the team tries to cheer him up. There's a really nice shot of Batman trying to console him, him yeah. trying to walk away, and Jean is standing in the way, also tries to console him, like being real. I mean, they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to tell him how to feel. It's it it's a this is a shitty <laughs> kind of kind of bro moment. It's interesting, right? Like I, I never thought of Batman as one the type to respond to this sort of thing i figured he would just be off in his own little bat world doing his own little bat thing but he responds he sees uh that green lantern is hurting and he zooms in on that and, and i don't remember what he says but I, I i wrote down in my notes this is weird or like this is interesting it's a bit off character yeah um you know i think they do need to have something that shows that Batman is more loyal than Hawkgirl because we really do need to have that schism be clear as day. True. Uh, but it's probably not with emotional support. No. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't feel like it's his wheel. I can imagine Flash trying to cheer him up and yeah. Jean coming in because those are like not well those people are not well equipped to help Jean with his current. They're not the romance guys. I guess arguably no one is <laughs> on the team. That's probably true. Where was Flash when this was going on? Was he there? He was eating donuts in the, <laughs> in, the in the in the war room. Right. I mean, there's a there's a real cute reaction moment with Flash later, which we'll get to. But like, he could have really like swooped in and given him a hug or something. And uh, I, I'm just surprised he wasn't there to come console his buddy. Um, but yeah, and then John he kind does of behaves like a wire mommy and daddy fighting kind right. of guy. Right. In this. He like he 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 kind of strikes me as like a a a, a son of a divorced family. That's in true. This. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, like, like he doesn't he just doesn't want them to fight. He loves everyone. Right. He's like, well, I guess I get two Christmases now, but that means that I don't get to, you know, have all these great experiences with Mama Hawk and Daddy Lantern. <laughs> Daddy Lantern. <laughs> it's it's around this time that Martian Manhunter drops a huge reveal, right? That he can't read Hawkgirl's mind. Yeah, I thought it was in the mask. Maybe it's just Thanagarians. It's pretty unclear yeah, what but it, is going on there. That does have connective tissue throughout the series, because if you remember back in Only a Dream, he couldn't get into her head. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Because, like, her mind viewed him, his presence as a threat. So yeah. it, like, required more get up and go to get in there, right? Yeah, and I thought that it was because of, like, the protective... Or I think we'd even discussed it. Like, why was that? What was the point of that? And uh, it didn't occur to me until watching this that that was probably it. Maybe we're both right. Maybe, Maybe. the reason for that is uh, because she wanted to keep people distant and maybe that is just true of most thanagarians because their culture is uh is, is real fucking master race to be totally honest uh, a little bit <laughs> um so yeah it's uh maybe it isn't a thanagar thing but just a this is thanagarian culture where right. they are very uh resistant to opening up mm. could be yeah I'm pretty sure that removing someone's helmet is like third base for them. <laughs> I mean, it reads based on previous episodes. And based on this episode. Mm-hmm. You know? Very true. 
Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman do an autopsy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I really love the the just the the smash cut to Batman doing an alien autopsy <laughs> aboard the Watchtower. Like, yep, I've done okay. I've done my uh, emotional engagement for the week. Time <laughs> to do my detective work. Right. Because uh, he is suspicious about everyone. So he oh, yeah. does not buy that Thanagar showed up to help. He thinks that the timing is too coincidental. And he does an autopsy on one of the uh, Gordanian uh, pilots. And he's been dead for a long time. Yep. Which means that the Thanagar, the Thanagarians are setting him up for something. So he uh, absconds into a tour that this first mate... Uh, I'm going to call him Hawk Sergeant. I don't know how you internally... uh, Uh, Hawkman with goatee. Are you referring to Krager, I believe was his name? Was it? I think that's what they said. All I wrote him down in my notes was Hawk Sergeant. (laughs) We'll call him Hawk Sergeant. Okay, thank you. Uh, But Hawk Sergeant is giving a tour of the... uh, the the generator that they're building and batman we don't know it yet but batman is a member of the tour group mm-hmm. he is disguised yes i think as alfred <laughs> more on uh, that and, later yeah and they and they talk about nth metal which is the dumbest thing yeah oh i i did write down one thing from the wiki from the justice league dc a dcau wiki okay in addition to disrupting various forms of magic Nth metal is also capable of negating the abilities of ghosts. What the fuck does that mean? Where did we get ghosts? Uh, gentleman ghost, sir. <laughs> I don't know. Beyond him. Isn't it weird? Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, Nth metal is just unobtainium. So did honestly. they did they specifically mention Nth metal? Because I think I blacked out for a minute here. They did. Okay, they did. They I said definitely metal. missed th- most of this sequence. Jana even recognizes it as a uh, as he he talks to Hawk Foreman about it. <laughs> I gave them all titles when I needed to refer them as as something. I love it. Hawk Foreman is like it is it is more than your earther mind can understand and he's just like, "Oh, you mean these properties that I know better than you do, scrub?" <laughs> uh which is which is good. But yeah, they they call it nth metal. Okay. All right. I missed that and I'm not upset about it. Yeah, it, there's nothing to it. It's just Magitech. <laughs> right. You've seen Magitech before. It's just Final Fantasy VI bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, oops, the Thanagarians were assholes all along. Uh, they, the Batman finds out that the Gordanians are nowhere near Earth, and that means that the machine is not there to protect Earth, so what is it there for? Um, and they take Batman out. And they launch their contingency plan, which is to launch basically an armada to declare uh, martial law over the Earth. So yeah, uh, that that sucks. Yeah, I, like the. <laughs> I think this arc, and I'll get back into this in a bit, but I think this whole arc operates on like the merits and uh, demerits doesn't feel like the right word. The merits and down uh, drawbacks yes. of implicit trust yeah because like they're they're, clearly trust being a virtue is something that the show wants you to feel right but they set it up with an episode wherein the justice league and earth is caught with its pants down because they do trust the thanagarians because of hawk girl being a mole Mm -hmm. 
So suspicion is warranted and correct, which is that's why you need a Batman, as right. it turns out. Yep. But uh, we'll get into more on that later. We just get an army fight for a while. Yeah. Things happen. Uh, the, we do see that the U.S. Arm, army weapons don't fire for some reason. Did we ever get payoff on that? I don't think so. Like that there, there's that um, you know, Doctor. Uh, that there's that Doctor Evil command room UN Council thing later where they're all like, "Hey man, are your are your guns not working?" And yeah. the Russian premier is like, "Yeah, my my guns are offline, bro." Right. Uh, they they all kind of like th- so they're Thanagar's doing something to fuck with their weapons, and I don't know what it is. Huh. That's interesting. Is it the same thing as the force field? Could be. There's a MacGuffin aboard the Thanagar ship that is protecting this new construction that they're building. And that comes in later. But maybe that also disrupts Earth armaments? I I mean, that's basically the only explanation. I don't know what else to make of it. No, I I don't either. Uh, Listener, if we missed something, please let us know. Because we are fallible. We are fallible. What's not fallible is uh, Jean Jones's decision to turn into what I assume is Martian Hellboy. <sighs> yeah. Not a fan? I don't know. It just seems I kinda strange. Liked it. It's, it's, it I was know. strange. I kind of liked it. <laughs> it's like up till now. Well, I guess I guess it works, right? Because he's taken on form of dragon and form of other things in the past. So I guess. But those, the, it applied then, right? I, I don't know that it really applies to anything in this episode. He's not it, yeah, fighting other monster guy. Right. Usually it was serpent versus serpent. Right. You know, usually it, he, he operated on Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man rules, <laughs> wherein exactly. just like whatever he was looking at, that's what he's turning into. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this does kind of come out of nowhere. I think I just liked it for the variety. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, I guess I agree that it's it's kind of coming out of nowhere there. It was just a strange thing to pull out in the final arc, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is It is pretty weird. Uh, there are a couple other flourishes that I don't mind. GL using extendo punches is good. Yeah, that was cool. And his ray gets absorbed into the anthometal shield, which gets converted into yellow lantern light. And mm. yellow lantern light is his weakness, so it breaks. That is fucking great. I don't know what it means in terms of anthometal. No. But I think it is cool. I noticed that... Uh, based on the factoids you dropped in previous episodes, I was like, ah, oh, it's yellow. That must mean yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. So do you think that it, it could have been either Nth Metal just knows what he's weak against and reflects whatever is going to be bad for him, or it's they knew his weakness was yellow from earlier because Hawkgirl told them. Yeah, I'm I, happy with either explanation. I assumed because they knew everyone's weaknesses, and I, I don't yeah. want to believe that Nth Metal can just take on anyone's weakness. Just do anything. It's not yeah. uh, Metallo or Metamorpho or whatever. Yeah, we don't want another Metamorpho. <laughs> and you're right, Superman gets kryptonited, and that's not an Nth Metal thing, yeah. presumably. It's just straight up, that's kryptonite. Right, so I have to assume that they took the Nth Metal and then somehow reworked it to made it an alloy to make the iron man suit yeah yeah kind of a gold titanium alloy yeah but uh they they take over the they take down the team pretty easily again they're just outgunned like i like that the army just kind of has them fucking locked up oh yeah like they 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 have the intel advantage and the army is clearly better (laughs) there's there's just not a lot they can do nope and then we get the uh the 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 lead out to the episode which is the last one to fall is Green Lantern. Hawkgirl approaches him, 
and uh, he asks whose side are you really on and she says don't you know and he like indecision flickers across his face because he still wants to trust her Mm -hmm. and that's when she smacks him with the mace yep which is a hawk girl thing to do (laughs) it is it is if he weren't so hurt about previous things he would have just realized that it was foreplay i know that's got to be so fucking confusing for his little he's gonna wake up with a gigantic boner and not know what to do (laughs) sad boner Sad boners are the worst. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of got lost in how many, like, first it was a double cross, then it was a triple cross, then it was like, I don't know, I think we ended on a quadruple cross, and we, we aren't really sure who's good and bad at the end of this episode, so it was a little overwhelming for me. I kind of I think that's intentional. Is yeah. they're, they're playing the hawk girl betrayal as close to the chest as they can until the big ending, because, like, we do know that she was a spy. Yeah. But we... And, but we and we know that she believes that she's doing the best that she can for the earth i like i think that we can have that familiarity with hawk girl to this point like she doesn't think she's the bad guy she's just doing her duty to thanagar right but it it is not until the next episode that we kind of get texture on that yes for um, sure and I, I i think keeping her motivations and like what is the line she's willing to cross keeping that in the dark for another episode i think is important mm-hmm. for a three-parter yeah yeah because we can't have two episodes of payoff right i mean that ain't gonna work no it's not but it'd be interesting to see i mean frankly i think that this is a very good opener for a finale i think this episode works really well establishing the stakes mm-hmm. uh the stakes get even more dire but for the moment martial law over earth is pretty rough Right. And, like, we definitely know there's shenanigans going on on the Thanagar side, and we definitely know that one in our midst is a traitor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good place to open up that last, the last bit of the series where one of us has betrayed the others and the other's got a deal. Yeah. It's weird for me because, like, going into this to-be-continued moment, I kind of was checked out like i i didn't oh, yeah yeah i didn't really like this first part that much and yeah. i mean I, I agree that it sets up a great story but i just i found myself not really having fun and it wasn't until some things later on that kind of like pulled me into it and maybe it was okay. my mood um maybe i, I don't know it just depends um, does that is is that a is that a uh, a recrimination of the episode or is that a reflection of how much you were disappointed by the hawk girl betrayal <laughs> i don't know i just get I, I get kind of overwhelmed with these three parters it's like i've still got two more to go like h- how are they going to let me down this time <laughs> 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 um but uh i don't know it's it, I, it's more me in my head than anything i think okay okay i mean like i don't think it's perfect no it's not uh, for one for one thing I, although the stakes are 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 established as like a global stake thing, we aren't really sure yet quite how dire they are. Right. I'm wondering, should this have been a more imminent apocalyptic threat than it is? I don't know because then it would have probably been dark side, and we don't want that shit in our lives. So. Yeah, that's what. I, it, but there's got to be a middle ground where like yeah. the the world is at stake, but it isn't dark side, right? There's got to be something in the middle there, right? I think I think this is the, the middle Imperium ground because was, yeah, was the good. Imperium is is the worst side of this, or I mean, is well, maybe the Imperium's middle ground. I don't know. 
I think that the Imperium, the the opening arc was kind of the perfect uh, medium, yeah. or the 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 the, the perfect uh, consolidation of those ideals. Mm-hmm. I think what they're going for in this arc, and like it's not done perfectly, so I understand your reticence to embrace it. But I think what they're going for in this arc is we've seen how the Justice League succeeds despite differences in its alliance. What happens? when those bonds of trust are broken right can the can the league succeed without it and i feel like they spent a lot of time in season two focusing on that like they did yeah they had the team building exercises so like they're they were leading up to it in pieces at least yeah yeah so it's it's kind of a cool uh overarching theme throughout season two i do like that they uh did the team building thing and then we keep seeing evidence of it paying off and Mm -hmm. i don't know whether it actually happens more after the team building exercise or bef- as opposed to before it or whether we're just reading we're into noticing it. it. Yeah. yeah. But given that it's a consistent theme in the in the later half of the series, I I I'm more impressed about that arc now. Yeah, I I can agree with that. In the macroscopic sense, like the 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 entirety of the series plays better mm-hmm. with that being a component. But we also have big moments after that where like one of the characters dies or one of the characters betrays the others. And it's, you know, so like the stakes certainly feel higher in regard to trust um, than yeah, they did we're, before. We're iterating on that formula. Yeah. Now that we trust each other, now that we're a unit, now I'm, we're going to hit it at the precise right angle to break this thing. Right. How how are they, how they going to get out of this one? Right. How those Duke boys better start flapping their arms. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to get that reference. I think I'm too old. <laughs> but we, uh, I guess that's, is that it? That, that's all I got. Yeah. Fade to black. Okay. Well, I know you previously said you don't have anything, but have you thought of an episode highlight? Uh, my episode highlight, I guess, is either the music for the Hawkman reveal. Mm. It, it's, it's ominous and grand in a way that the music normally isn't. And it's not a tune I recognized, which leads me to believe that it was original for right. this particular arc, which kind of showcases the budget, but I also think it gives it uh, an amount of gravitas that is, you know, if, if we just get Joker theme again or, you know, uh, Dark Side theme again, like, it, it, it lacks a certain gravitas because yeah. we're in familiar territory. But this was unfamiliar, and Hawkman is very unfamiliar to us, so <laughs> I think that the music choice there was very appropriate. And I'm going to say, I don't think we've had a music cue as an episode highlight since the first arc. So something about these alien invasions. They do it. Just gets they you. They do it. Uh, but you had a good one. I don't know if it's a good one, but it's one that I noticed anyways. So you mentioned that Batman is in disguise whenever he's infiltrating the Thanagarian ship. Mm-hmm. And you said he thought he looked like uh, Alfred. And you are correct. But it's specifically, um, I had to look up the guy's name, Alan Napier who played Alfred in Batman 66. Oh, cute. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. It's Kevin Conroy doing an Alan Napier uh, impression, which is kind that of fun. That is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're the other half of this podcast, Gary. <laughs> I would miss all this deep lore stuff. I, I knows my Batman stuff, kind of, sort of, sometimes. How was, um, how was, how was that, uh, how was the 66 <laughs> oh. Batman franchise? Oh, it's awful, but I love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's very I mean, cheesy. I have enough affection for. I think it's very cute that Batman's alter ego is an Alfred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Yindu you is know, kind of like the the equivalent of bringing a security blanket on the plane, right? 
It's yeah. very cute. And if you like Alfred, we got more of him next time. Oh boy, get ready. Strap Oof. in, everyone. Yes, indeed. Uh, anyway. Until then, where can people find you, Ben? People can find me uh, as a British nanny aboard an alien spaceship going undercover. Uh, but until then, I do my podcast with my brother, the Cartoncast. It's about old cartoons. You can find us at fancybat.com slash cartoncast. Uh, and Gary, where can people find you? I haven't even thought of anything funny, so I'm just going to say I'm Thanagar. at... Thanagar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Thanagar. Just uh, ask for Gary. They'll know who I am. <laughs> do not serve this man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most wanted. Lord, I've seen the way that Thanagarians behave in bars. If, oh, if yeah. I'm cut off, I must be doing something wrong. But uh, when I'm not... Stirring up shit in Thanagar, I guess. I can be found at the Wax Nostalgic Network. <laughs> Links like for it. everything in the show notes. Be confident, Gary. That was good. I, I state it passionately and accurately. As a Thanagarian would. I put the Gary in Thanagarian. That's good. Thank you. I'm going to make a little paper crown for you. <laughs> and I will wear it proudly. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for listening. We will see you in episode 51. Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.